This is the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects for Pros. I am your host, Nate Tice. We have a great episode for you today. It is the college football playoff preview, the CFP preview. Not ATM machine it actually works in this case, so it's kind of nice. Uh, we will be talking about these four teams, Alabama versus Michigan, Texas versus Washington, the final four, the last season of the final four as they expand to the playoff next year. We'll see how they do that. But to help me do that today is our very own draft expert, Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I feel like we just got off of a I feel like we just talked. I feel like yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like we're in the same outfit that we were maybe <laughs> last week's show. Weird. <laughs> Very oh. strange. Yes. We are recording this on December nineteenth, uh, before Christmas because yeah, it's the holiday season. Uh, but I luckily if anyone listened to last week's show and how much we talked about opt outs and transfers and everything. Luckily this time, because these games these games have more stakes than any of the, of the other bowl games, we think anyways. Uh, not a lot of opt-outs uh, to, 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 to go over, to, to really stunt our conversation as we ask each other, is he still playing? Are, are we sure? <laughs> yeah. Let me check Twitter real quick. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 guys, you there's a few transfers, but <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of the main guys we're looking at, the starters, the prospects, don't have to worry about opt-outs with these two games. So, yeah, yeah. this will be... This this should be a fun conversation with uh, not a lot of guessing, but more anticipation about what we're going to see. And you know, we've seen in past years and past playoff games how it just feels like there's obviously there's stakes in terms of national championship, but stakes in terms of how you know what does this mean for scouts and um, NFL evaluators because body of work matters more than anything. But there's something about the big stage and who steps up, who doesn't, um, you know, how those types of performances will stick with you. It's just it, it's it's human nature. You know, it, it's part of and humans pick these players, not um, any algorithm. So um, how these players step up or not um, in these games certainly will, will make a difference. Think of the narrative about CJ Stroud. Just after I changed guys. everything. It, it, well, and, and I mean, or solidified things. <laughs> but that, yeah. I, I think it was fair because he showed things on the Georgia tape that he didn't show the first uh, twelve games of the year. You know, he nope. his willingness to play outside of structure, his willingness to create. It made you and, and against an elite defense That's what on, on a huge stage, make a Jalen Carter miss in the pocket. Yes, yeah. it made it, it changed the way that you looked at C.J. Stroud. Um, yep. I and. I, I mean, I think we all liked C.J. Stroud going into that game. It's just, was he a legitimate number one overall contender, or is he more of like, okay, I feel, you know, if we don't get our plan A, I feel good about him as plan B. If we don't get our plan A or B, he's more fine, fine as our plan C. He, in that Georgia game, he showed that, hey, I deserve to be talked about number one overall. And, you know, now in hindsight, obviously, it's kind of silly we're talking about it, but he showed things in that Georgia tape that he did not put on film the first 12 games of the year. That's not, that's not an opinion. That's just fact. Fact. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of things. Even uh, I like Stroud a lot, but it was, I had saw the same blemishes. Like, Hey, you want him to create a little bit more. It's, it's great that he wins from the pocket, but you want him right. to see him create. And I saw, you know, you said a couple plays, you know, maybe the Michigan game, the North Northwestern game where there's like one play where they, he did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, well, there was nice. one play. Yeah. yeah just one but, play though. It's always just one. And, yeah. Can you do it consistently? And then it's like, oh, why not do it against Georgia? That's that's a good way to do it. Uh, oh, yeah. And he also had 
with it's the arbitrary thing, but I think it's so important for quarterbacks. It's like, does he just feel like the best player? And you're like, you watch Stroud in that game, you're like, oh, yeah, he looks like he looks like a dude. And uh, yeah, making play after play. And even going into how guys' stocks ascent, can ascend to the next year's cycle, think of a Marius Mims, uh, who we talked sure. about on the last show, the tackle from Georgia. Like, all of a sudden, he's yeah. playing these really high-level games and playing well. It's like, you have to respect him and have to keep note on him because of what he just Marius Mims, toughest. he's going to be drafted off the, that Ohio State game from last year alone. Um, that's I mentioned how these games on big stages stick with scouts. That they will when Amarius Mims is talked about in draft war rooms this spring, they will point to that Ohio State game uh, last year as okay. This is why we need to draft him in the top twenty. Um, that and and go back to CJ Stroud against Utah. Uh, yeah. you know the year before yeah. with yeah. what he did in the Rose Bowl. How amazing that you know with throwing the Jackson Smith and Jigba and our first real um uh, uh exposure to Marvin Harrison Jr. in, in a yeah. in more of a starring role because that was the game Olave opted out, Garrett Wilson yeah. opted out. So we saw a lot of these young Ibuka was was part of that mix that we we saw kind of break out. So you know that that definitely sticks with you. Um, you know it, it, these big stages, these these big games, and for you know Alabama, Michigan, for Texas, Washington, loaded with prospects. So we will. Ha- there is no shortage of NFL worthy guys. We'll be talking yeah. about today. Yeah, we'll start with the first one. Uh, the start today. It, it's they have every. Well, there's two things here. That I have two NBA comparisons i'm about to make here okay well one is that the bowl games now look like how nba trades do where it says like via from because the pick's been traded so many times so they have to use a different you know verb right ad, like so so it's a uh, adverb so it's cf cfp semifinal at the rose bowl presented by prudential so you know it just it keep, keeps going so now we just need a via and by you know and from and all yeah, that gotta so, get the sponsors in there right you gotta yeah. get them all in there uh but also remind me is that that mince discussion because when I used the NFL is the guys have to play for three years or be three years outside of high school before they can right. be even eligible. And just going to NBA and the one and done, this is maybe more some international prospects or really just feels like a discussion from like 15 years ago. But how many guys would be like, oh, he's getting drafted off a workout. Mm. Like he's getting drafted off six games. You know, Wiseman a couple of years ago from Memphis got drafted by Golden State. I know this is a football show and we're talking basketball, but he played yeah. like six games. Um. Uh, what's his face? Uh. Oh my God. Oh, Kyrie Irving at Duke. Mm. He played like a dozen games and it'd be in the number one pick. So it's it, it's funny how the NBA discussions is kind of going into the NFL as these guys are getting younger and and we're kind of getting some different movement now. I don't know. I just kind of been sticking in my mind. But Mary Smith is a perfect example of that. Abuka, JSN. Mm-hmm. It's like there's several of these guys that have gone kind of going going through that might still might get drafted high. But here we go. Alabama, Michigan. Two blue blood programs, two teams we have talked about fairly often as college football kind of goes with Alabama and Michigan. But when you're watching this game, Dane, who is sticking out to you? Because I know there's probably quite a few guys to talk about here. I, yeah, there's so many different directions we can go with this. Um, let's just start with uh, we know Michigan's identity on offense, right? <laughs> they want to run the ball. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, um, we're used to seeing Alabama's run defense being number one or at least top five nationally in run defense. This year, they're not even in the top 25. So, I mean, it's still a quality group, but it's not that elite group that we expect from a Nick Saban Alabama run defense. Um, So, you know, can Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, uh, and throw J.J. McCarthy in there with his legs, can they find success running the football? Um, if you're looking for an underrated prospect to watch in this one, Justin Igboigby, 
number 92 for Alabama. Okay. He's a okay. senior. He he had the breaking out at the right time. He's been the most consistent of Alabama's big defensive lineman this year. He'll get the occasional pressure, but he's been rock solid as a run defender. And okay. again, we know Alabama, Michigan's going to run the football, so I, I expect number 92 Two. to play yeah. a key role in that. Because if you're, obviously we know they have Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell on the outside, guys that uh, are, are going to you know rush the quarterback and really speed up J.J. McCarthy. They want to run the ball, not, and they don't want J.J. McCarthy dropping back and throwing 25 times a game no. uh, in order to win. That's this. not their formula. That's, can that's Alabama change things on them? Um, yeah. Can Alabama make them do that? We saw J.J. McCarthy throw. I mean, he had some nice moments against TCU last year, um, but he also threw two pick sixes. And um, I mean, that TCU defense it was a solid group, but it's nothing compared to uh, what Alabama is. So. Uh, on a personal level, just I selfishly hope we kind of see that because I want to see J.J. McCarthy rip it. I want to see him. Can do he too. do that? I uh, Against Ohio State, he was fine. He didn't really – I don't think that he necessarily changed any. He didn't elevate that team. Um, the one touchdown that he had, I mean, it, it, it was perfectly placed. But the Ohio State defender, just if he waits a hair second to turn around, it's an interception. It, it, was, it was right there. So – I want to see more from J.J. McCarthy, and can that Alabama defense force Alabama, or force Michigan to be, uh, you know, get, put them in third and eight situations so we yep. have to see it from them. Um, and then when they do, um, Roman, I mean, I, we're gonna go, they're going to go to their tight ends, A.J. Barner and that Loveland kid who's an underclassman. But w- Roman Wilson's the only receiver for yep. Michigan that really, I mean, with all due respect to Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson's the one receiver that scares you if you're Alabama. And so where does he work? Mostly from the slot. Mm-hmm. Alabama is not shy putting, because Malachi Moore, the kind of like the star, the guy that took over for Brian Branch, he can't stick with Roman Wilson. Ter- we'll let I expect we'll see Terry and Arnold uh, yeah. at, moved inside as that nickel, as he's done several times this year. Not always. They like to keep him outside if they can. But they are not afraid to move him inside if that's where the matchups work out. Um, Arnold's been on a tear, especially the last He's, few games. Yeah. It's like yeah. the last five games, I think it's like 10 passes defended, uh, a couple picks. He's so, a monster. Uh, on a personal yeah. note, these two guys, Roman Wilson, Terry and Arnold, have been two of my guys all year. I, I cannot wait to see if you know they if they are especially in the slot, them lock horns and see kind of mano y mano who comes out on top. No, that's a great call. That was my <laughs> literally my first two notes. It was JJ McCarthy against the Saban defense. It's just gonna yeah. be so interesting to watch because they and they have time to prep. And mm-hmm. that that is these are gonna be hyper designed game plans so that you kind of throw out what you've seen all year because they're gonna do some funky stuff. But that's awesome because that's what the NFL is. So it's great. That's this is what an NFL going against an NFL defense is gonna be like. Hey, they're gonna take away our number one thing. Can you win in a way that you're not comfortable with? So going to be a great test for him, especially with the talent on that defense. And, uh, yeah, Roman Wilson against the Bama Corners. I had the same thing. Uh, you had the shout that shout out a couple of weeks ago. We are talking our, our mock drafts, I think, mm-hmm. that you would probably have Arnold over Kool-Aid. Or you could see teams going that way anyways. Right. And I get it. <laughs> He's, uh, that was a good shout uh, because, yeah, he is a talented guy. That is awesome shout, too, is that maybe seeing him in the slot because, again, that's what the NFL is all about. They're going right. to move. if you're You have to be able to play there now. Otherwise, you're going to get dinged if you're outside only. It's that versatility inside, outside. It's always going to be prioritized. But, yeah, Roman Wilson against these corners. I was right there with you. I also the Michigan O-line. That's more um, mm-hmm. solid across the board going right. against Turner and Braswell, and I, especially in the run game, though. 
because I want to see how those Bama defense alignment hold up in the run game, which you mentioned with the stat. And I think it's just the it's they're such different guys than Saban used to have. You know, he had more the thumper types, the big bruising mauler types to run almost true three four stuff. And now these guys are kind of it's kind of a nice little snapshot of how he's changed. You know, uh, uh, on defense. Now he gets these Dallas Turner or Will Anderson types who are talented anyways that you're going to find a way to get on the field right. anyways. But now they're using them all these stunts and everything. So right. how they hold up in a run getting thumped on as opposed to winning with maybe more speed and finesse is going to be really interesting to me because it's a great styles make fights type of matchup. Yeah, and they're not afraid to put Dallas Turner over the A-gap. I mean, they're not afraid no. to really move these guys around to uh, try to confuse the offensive line. And I, yeah, I think you're right. This offensive line is, uh, there's some okay players, but it's not the star-studded offensive line that you know maybe we thought it could be or it's been the yeah. last two years, and especially with Zach Zinter out, who uh, I think was their best, most Probably consistent best one. Yeah. offensive yeah. lineman. Um, yeah. Now, without him, I mean, they have the depth where they're going to be fine. But uh, in terms of having just a true stud up there, um, it, it, they will be tested for sure. There's no doubt about it. I thought, they're, be- they're better as a group than one individual. They are. Guy. They, yeah, they are. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, for, not in terms fine, of. But more yeah. day three guys. Yeah. Yes. Right. But yeah, it, can they hold up against this Michigan or this uh, Alabama defensive line? That'll definitely be a big one. And then even on you know flip sides, yeah. can that Michigan defensive line get pressure on uh, uh, on the quarterback, on what they're yep. doing in the backfield, uh, the run game. Um, you know, I talk a lot about Mikey Sanders still, the nickelback from Michigan, who I like a lot. You know, what kind of role will he play in this one? Um, I think a key in this one's going to be Junior Colson. Uh, this is mm-hmm. a rough linebacker class in terms of high-end prospects. We might not see a linebacker drafted the first two rounds this year. Um, Colson is one of the guys, assuming he declares, and I'm told he will, um, he's one of those guys that'll be in that third, fourth round mix. He's physical. He's got enough range, not a super athlete, but he's not just a box only type of guy either. So junior Colson, what can he do? Um, uh, because against stopping the quarterback, um, and stopping the run game, uh, be, you know, using their legs, cause that's, that's going to set up the, th- the pass. What can junior Colson do to, to kind of force them into being third and long? Uh, I think Colson's going to play a big part. I think you're just tying back to the conversation about Stroud. This is just more about the quarterback, about how you can kind of use it, these big games as the leap into the next year. This is mm-hmm. Jalen Milrow. It's sure. going to have a, this is a big moment for him. Uh, he thinks he should have been a Heisman candidate. Uh, but uh, as long as he throws the ball on his own side of the line of scrimmage, we'll be okay. But I, I'm curious about watching him. You know, He's got more yeah. time, more reps, and another guy that has interesting talent. But that lack of linebacker thing and the lack linebacker prospects – I mean, it's a real thing in the NFL right now. I feel sure. like I you're pulling the strings sometimes on me on on our show with Robert, where I'll talk and I just like, where are they attacking? Well, they don't have linebackers. Right. It's like every team I talk about, it's like they don't have linebackers. It's a thing, and it's mm-hmm. like really there's deeper discussions about it. Obviously, how stylistically how college football is right now. What's it's there's something there, man. Like there's a longer discussion about it, and whether it's like, do you put more of a premium on the ones that are real or think are real and yeah, I think that's a discussion for another time, but it's something I wanted to put in your head as well <laughs> because no, I want to kind of get your thoughts on it. <laughs> I, and I think you could even extend it to safety play as well. I, yes. I, you know, he just he, and I don't know if it's just a matter of um, 
because it's a, it's a balance. Obviously, you want guys that are athletic, but you want guys that are physical as well. Guys that can play the middle of the field and you know just be well rounded. And it's just hard to find those guys. Um, at least guys that will play at a high level. So uh, yeah, it, it is interesting because it does stretch to college football and what NFL teams are drafting. What are they? key traits that they're focusing on. So, yeah, no, that that is an interesting topic that I'm sure we'll be talking about plenty to, throughout this yeah, draft process. Because we keep going like, who, who are the defense? It's like everybody needs defensive tackles, linebackers, and safeties. And it's like mm. looking at your big board, it's like, I think you have one in the first round right now right, of, of right. those position groups and like two in the top 40. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I think that's going to be interesting this spring. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Getting to the other of these final four games, we have Texas versus Washington, which is just fun, I think, because it's just, you know, like Washington in there with their exciting yeah. offense and Texas is interesting to watch. But have, have you seen watching- the lines, the betting lines on these two games, by the way? They're close, aren't they? Uh, uh, yeah. what, what would you get? I just looked them up. What would you oh. guess they are for um, both these games? Wow. I would say, man, I almost want to say Washington's favorite, but I feel like they would actually have Texas favored. But I would say like Texas minus three and then Bama oof. <laughs> Bama minus four. Michigan minus one and a half. Okay. And Texas minus four and a half. So you were close okay. on that one. Yeah. That's, okay. I mean, I they're close in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm it, curious the movement. Oh yeah. It, Cause Bama started, Bama started. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just thinking out loud right now. <laughs> no, it's, 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 no, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, obviously Oregon was, Heavy, not heavy favorite, but considering it was a you know tight t- tight game going in, we thought it would be at least. Um, Oregon was a bigger favorite than we yeah. expected over Washington, and that game really wasn't close from the get go. So out great for me. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, this is going to be a really interesting one uh, with, with Texas and Washington. There's a lot of 
coaching connections here as well. Yeah. Uh, these guys know we know each other. I mean, obviously Sark used to be it's, at Washington, and it's the Sark John um, Wick game. Well, not really. He left. He left for USC, so it's not. He yeah. doesn't have any revenge there. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But you know, still, there there are definitely connections here. Um, so I, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing is the Washington offensive line versus the Texas defensive line. I, I cannot wait for this. This might be my favorite matchup the entire, you know, any game this bowl season. Yep. Um, for Texas defensive line, Byron Murphy the second. He's a little undersized, but, man, he works low. He wins with qu- uh, quickness and leverage. Love the body flexibility. He gets that vertical push that you want to see. Um, he, they'll line him up with nose tackle, you know, nose to nose with the center. Mm-hmm. They'll put him as more of a three technique. It, it, they'll use him all over. He's not going to test like uh, Kalaja Kansi did last year, but he's in that okay. same bucket where he's undersized, quick interior penetrator. Gap shooter. Yeah. yeah, I've heard Grady Jarrett because he's not just a gap shooter. He, he can hold the point. Um, he has strength to him as well. So he's just a little bit undersized, but he yeah. brings that mix of quickness plus strength. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, two, three years from now, when we look back at this team, Byron Murphy's the best defensive player in the NFL from this Texas defense. He has that type of ability. Um, then the other guy who I think more people are aware of, Tavondre Sweat. Because <laughs> you uh, look, he's so. He's oh. so unique, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can't miss him. 6'4", 350. Um, another guy cleaned up on the award circuit. Yeah. Powerful base, grown man strength. Um, he, he's got pop in his hands. He can create push. I mean, he'll he'll put uh, guards right into the lap of the quarterback. These two are perfect together. because They just, really are, yeah. yeah. And, and with Sweat, he there are some plays where he just – he looks like he's under 300 pounds with the way he's moving out there. He'll make plays at the numbers. Um, so, and I don't think he has a great get off. Um, so he, there are times where he gets stalled early on, but he consistently, yeah. yeah, that too. He's cause he's high cut and his pads rise almost immediately, but he controls the point of attack consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest concern with him as a, uh, just from him as a prospect is can he stay locked in? Some of the character reviews I, I've gotten from scouts have been mixed. Um, okay. As an underclassman, let's just let's just say he uh, enjoyed the college life, maybe a little bit too much based on the stories I've heard. Uh, yep. But to his credit, he flipped a switch this year. I mean, he looked completely different. Uh, he was all in. He was locked in. Obviously, that's great, and it played out the way it played out this year, but can you count on him being that guy yeah. in the NFL uh, moving forward? That, that'll that be the big question with him as a prospect. Um, that's and that's what teams will be doing the next few months, just trying to figure out, okay, which guy are we getting? Because the, the, the highlights, the flashes he shows are, I mean, it's like, you know, the way we talked about Jordan Davis in some ways. Yeah. Uh, that mix of power and athleticism. So, and, and we, again, going to this Washington offensive line, uh, a lo- something we've talked about all year is how yeah. they keep Michael Penix uh, upright and on schedule. Uh, he's the last two years, so it's like what, 26 games Michael Penix has played for Washington. He's been sacked 15 times. Uh, that's his offensive line. For how far they push the ball? That's yeah, that's insane. That's he, they give him time, right? It, 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 it's it, it's all on time, and he doesn't scramble. I, nope. He doesn't Never. have to. Um, I it, you can count on one hand the number of times Michael Penix has scrambled this year, um, and he's not a great athlete. Uh, you know, he's a good athlete, not a great athlete, but he just doesn't have to do it because he can sit back, make throws. Um, you know, left tackle Troy Font News, kind of the 
the biggest name, the biggest prospect on that line, but they've got a, several NFL players, future NFL players. So can they create that interior disruption with Murphy and Sweat? And I'd even throw um, Alfred Collins in there too. Um, he's another defensive tackle as part of the rotation. He has an NFL feature. He's a good player. Can they force Penix off the spot? If they do, I think they'll be in good shape. But that's yeah. a big if going up against this offensive line. So that to, to, to me, that defensive line versus Washington offensive line, a lot of prospects to watch, but also this is a matchup that will, I, I think, in the end, decide the outcome of the game. Yeah, no, I mean, I see it the same way. That Washington offensive line is very impressive in person. The And also just plethora of receivers in this game. That's, that's also, the part also of this, yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> and quarterbacks are willing to launch it to them, so that's always yes. fun. Um, but no, going back to the defensive tackle discussion and just the spine discussion, that's like why guys like the, the, these Texas guys are going to they're going to have likers that <laughs> somebody in the league is going to like him, especially a guy like Sweat, even if it's a it's the classic senior push. That, mm-hmm. that story you just said is the classic senior push, and that's the one that teams have to discern. It's like, all right, when he gets money, is he going to be like a freshman or is he going to be how he was when he was a senior? And that's yeah. what yeah, the NFL's the NFL's more about consistency. It's right. a, it's a long season, so you have to be a pro, and that's always what these teams have to kind of figure out. But well, and it's I mean, funny because that conversation's changed a little bit because you guys are these guys are already getting money, you know. I know so right. it's like the nil stuff, yeah, right. So it's like, uh, you know, that's a great I, point. It kind of changes the way you think of things, but the the main point is still the main point is you know is he doing this just for his you know his draft standing and getting in good with scouts so he's drafted high then he's going to revert back to some of the bad habits. Yeah. Uh, but Tavondre Sweat just his personality um, is one that he's always joking, always you know just always smiling, having it's a like good Shaq. time. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it is. In, in, in several ways, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, that, no. that's a that's a that's a great thing. That's someone that you want in your locker room. That's someone you yeah. want being a face of of your team. It's just yeah. making sure he sheds some of the immature uh, and keeps him in in college, and it doesn't bring with him to the NFL. Because if he does, he has a chance to be a really good pro. I know. I I'm gonna make a bold statement here, is, okay. but I like his tape better than Jordan Davis. I'm glad you mentioned him, but hey. I I have a preaching higher to the choir on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah I, I I felt like the only one in the room doing oh my a, a God, draft you show. Crazy, didn't you? I was Did like, you? why is Jordan Davis being talked about as a top ten pick, top twelve? Like I I yeah. I, I like Jordan Davis. I think he's a good player. I would I would draft him in the top forty somewhere, but yeah. Guys, he's averaging like 25 snaps a game in college. You're telling me he's going to give the same type of production when he's right. asked to play 30, 35? I mean, and if he's not going to play that much for you, then should we draft him that high? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, li- I, And if you're a limited snap player, like say if you're like a Vita Vea, you yeah. have to be an absolute alpha mm-hmm. in the run game where it's like you're truly a difference maker. And right now, Davis hasn't really been that. I, I, no. I keep watching the Eagles defense. Like Carter, of course, flashes. But it's, yeah, Davis kind of... I mean, undersized centers are moving him out of the way, and that's kind of very disappointing uh, to see him so far. But, yeah, so I, I like Sweat uh, more. I think his tape is good. I, I, my first exposure to him, I'm glad you brought the character stuff, has been this year. I could see the per- You could see the personality. It's like yeah. just watch one Texas game. <laughs> you, you can see it out there. So I, I'm very interested to see which teams like him. But, yeah, then we have all the receivers in this game. Which Texas receiver you have on top? I, I always I – always, uh, do you have – who do you have well, on top? Actually, I, yeah. I actually kind of. I, I want to flip this on you because um, I want to ask you. We both agree, Roma Dunze is the top receiver in this yes. game, right? Okay. Yes. Who's Who's the number two? Because I, I think you could really make a case for several of these guys. Yeah. Talking about Xavier Worthy, mm-hmm. uh, Adonai Mitchell, 
uh, Jalen Polk, uh, Jalen McMillan. Um, there are, and if you include Roma Dunze in there, that's five receivers that are expected yep. to go top 100 if all yep. five declare. Maybe um, top let's, 60. <laughs> uh, yeah, top, top 75 top is, is realistic, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, let's just say Dunze goes somewhere top 20. Um, yeah. but who would be the second receiver draft in your opinion? For me, it's Polk. Polk, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, because I think he's almost like a Diet Coke and Dunze. <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. he does everything kind of he does everything well, and again, mm-hmm. inside outside ability, good hands, good route runner. Uh, yeah. I love guys that check can every, win vertical. Can yeah, win, yeah, he's mm-hmm. a on the scouting scale, the two to eight thing. He's a six across the board, and right. I love that, uh, which is good, 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 good. Um, so I think it's him because Andy has size or a decent size, like, you know, as far as where I'm not like, Oh, uh, how are you going to translate to the NFL? So mm-hmm. he's a guy that I think you, we've talked about these Washington receivers several times, but he's a guy that's just like every time I watch him, I like him more and more. So right. he'd be for me, but I do like the Texas guys. Uh, so yeah, would you, would you have the same, would you have the same answer? I think so. Um, okay. but these guys are all on a similar tier. So yeah, it's like, yeah. Yep. You know, if they shine in these next two games and the you know, playoff and then the national championship game, it, it could affect how you, you know, final grade you put on them. Because, you know, James, because they're all different too. Uh, James Way Worthy, different. or James Worthy, Xavier Worthy, <laughs> uh, he is 165 pounds, but he's yeah. over six foot and he can fly. And yeah. so, you know, he's a certain he's type of go receiver. Over the middle. Like he, he, yeah, he's got like toughness he, to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you have to wonder, okay, this is a short memory league. Um, you know, could could we see Xavier Worthy get the the Tank Dell bump? You know, because uh, yeah, yeah. T- Tank Dell is a guy who's you know 165 pounds, undersized, and but he knew how to play the position. He got open, and in, I mean, I don't think Worthy has Dell's hands in terms of just being consistent at the catch point. Uh, but I don't think he's lacking either. I mean, he's made a big big step. Uh, sophomore mm-hmm. year, that was a big thing with him was the drops. He's gotten oh better God. this year. And so um, the he bowl tracks- game last year, he had like three drop <sighs> yeah, brutal right. ones too, like two or touchdowns. touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So with Worthy, yeah, he tracks the ball well. You see crisp, crisp, sudden cuts. Yep. Um, and he's a little bit of a finisher too. He will, he's falling forward. He's finishing with physicality. Um, and just the threat of him vertical really forces corners to commit. Uh, with uh, just that that vertical track, which really opens up a lot of underneath stuff for either him or somebody else. So um, I, Worthy is interesting. And then with Mitchell, he's another guy, I've mentioned this before, but he's very loose, both with his athleticism, uh, which is a good thing, but then also with some of the route running, which is not so that much a good a thing. great uh, way to put it. In, yeah. both, in so, both ways, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which one is you like to see the other with some of the finer points of the game, yeah. not necessarily, yeah. but... Um, those yeah, curl routes really curl. They, <laughs> right, exactly. They're very loopy. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, remember like Chris Henry? Like that yeah. type of body type? Like, it's yeah. just very lean and limber and, uh, you know, I... Yeah, he he has that to him. It's just can he be more controlled and detailed with what he's doing out there? Um, I, consistently be strong to the football. Just needs to show he can. There are flashes of him doing it. Mm. Can he do it consistently? So yeah, these both Texas receivers have big play potential. Let's just see the big play consistency, and and if they can do it the next two games, that will count for something uh, enough to really vault them up i you know i don't know i i think we have to see what they do on this type of stage before we kind of make that determination 
Yeah. And and McMillan is good too for Washington. Like yeah. he's more of he a just, he was banged guy. up this year. That, yeah. that was it, you know. He the comparison I had to him was Christian Kirk. Uh kind of like a maybe mm. like that type of style. I, I think he's more of a vertical slot guy. Uh but I yeah, I liked him too. But uh worthy I came around on because usually if I see one seventy, sub one seventy, I and I, I looked at the stat. There's only four Maybe it was four. There's six seasons where a receiver under 168 has recorded hmm. 800 yards or more. And take the L. Do not add to that list this year because that's always the thing with smaller guys is injuries right. and smaller target space. Tank Dell, though, was Stroud. They were making magic. So yeah. don't get me wrong. He's They're a hell pace. of a player. Yeah. yeah, he's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. But that's always I, – I think the highest compliment I can give is that I don't see that weight and instantly ding where they go, oh, I'm not even giving him a chance. He's day three for me. Right. In fact, I'm keeping him in the day two discussion, I think, is my – personal compliment i could give to him because i agree with you the last year i watched that bowl game that was my first exposure um watching him all 22 and that's why i like that other receiver because he had a nice nice day on that but he ended up being nothing but um but worthy in that he had those brutal drops i was kind of like eh, and he's smaller eh. and then like you said throughout this year he's played much better this whole texas offense has just been more consistent overall mm. um so yeah i've i've enjoyed watching him but yeah all these receivers are dudes <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun it's, it's gonna really be fun. uh yeah none i'm none i'm blinking at when people are like oh i'm taking this right. like, yeah i get it i get it's it. gonna be a long day for these corners uh just trying because they're gonna chuck it uh yep. penix and yours yeah, both teams um, chuck it. yep yeah and, it, and and you know we talked a lot about this game without even mentioning yours but um this is this will be a big game for him to see how he yep. can you know if, can he make consistent plays uh without turning the ball over and I I don't we don't know an official decision yet on whether or not Quinn Ewers will uh, declare or go back to school. I I I and I don't know, but yeah. scouts expect him to go back. Um, yeah. so we'll wait until we have an official you know declaration one way or the other. But uh, this will be definitely a big game for him, whether yeah. it's off to the NFL after this or momentum going into next season. Yeah. Um, so you know we saw. Bo Nick struggled against this defense. Uh, you know, he was a little up and down uh, in that Pac-12 championship game. What can this Texas, because uh, we know uh, Jonathan Brooks, a running back, is out, obviously, with the ACL tear. Um, and they have depth at that position. We saw that against Oklahoma State in the bowl game. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this will be a different animal against this Washington defense. So yeah. can they get enough on the ground so viewers can have some, you know, one-on-one matchups, some vulnerable, vulnerable matchups that he can really take advantage of? Um, I, this this will be a big game for Ewers and his maturation as a quarterback. Absolutely. Um, start of the year, I think, as my QB three, just because almost by default, because it was sure. just it was just a group there that I couldn't discern. Uh, again, I, I think I almost want him to go back because I just mm. like I saw the growth. I want to see him again with another year under Sark, but I don't know. You also have the the Arch Manning element, which is they also throw some things into that. So uh, well, and he's yeah. going to lose. You f- you assume he's going to lose Worthy and Mitchell. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and we didn't we didn't mention Tavion Sanders, the tight end. Um, tight end. but he's part of this mix as well. I mean, Sanders right now is I think penciled in as that number two tight end. Um, I'm not as high on him as other people are. I don't see a you know top thirty, top forty guy, but somewhere on day two, I think he's mm-hmm. a solid player. Um. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a Texas offense that loses quite a bit uh, from from this year to next year, and so that has to factor. If you're Quinn Ewers, that has to factor into your decision yeah, as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm 
stoked to watch this game. I think this game is going to be so much fun. Actually, both of these games, obviously, they're college football yeah. playoffs. So I know. So it's, uh, but at least there's hopefully going to be some scoring as opposed to uh, who can run the ball more in Bama, Michigan. It's funny. My NFL and college likes change completely. <laughs> NFL, I'm like, just run the ball, pound the rock, power, I counter, everything. And then I watch college football. I'm like, chuck it everywhere. Air raid. <laughs> I want to see touchdowns and points. So, uh, no, fire it up for this. Where does Roma Dunze fall for you in the because he's, he's number two, right? Receiver, yeah. Behind him and yeah, him and neighbors, I go back and forth on. Okay. Uh, because yeah, I think Coleman is four for me, no matter what, mm-hmm. but not not a knock. I have again, I would take all four of these guys in the top 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think they're all studs. Uh, I, I struggle. I think Odunze right now is a more complete receiver and does mm-hmm. everything well. I think he is scheme proof. So I just think his floor is so ridiculously high with with juice and could do that. But neighbors provide something that I think you need in the NFL, which is true explosive playability yes. that I think is prioritized. So I think once it comes down to it, I will ha- give neighbors the nod. But it's like one of these where it's like, I think Odunze is awesome. But it's mm-hmm. just his skill set's different. It's like Godwin or like OBJ. You know, like, I don't know, I'm just trying to just get that right. kind of player yeah. type in your head. Like, it's like a guy that could take a slant the distance or a guy that is a down-to-down singles and doubles hitter. So, it's that that's kind of what you want to go through. But uh, how about you? You said Neighbors is probably kind of got receiver two for you, right? Uh, I mean, I'm willing to go definitely. I mean, I, okay. I finished my report on Neighbors, and I cannot see I, I think he's. Cl- I'll put it this way: I think he's closer to Harrison than he is a Dunze for me. I like that. Um, I neighbors to me is just he's an explosive. First of all, he's one of the youngest players in this draft. Um, he'll 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 report to his first training camp at twenty years old. Um, what he's doing at that age is ridiculous. He has yeah. speed. He can make you miss. Um, the production is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's think about all the receivers that have gone through Baton Rouge. Uh, nobody out of all those receivers, nobody has more catches than Malik Neighbors. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> has the production. Um, he, in turn, I love looking at explosive plays and what you've done in college. I, more times than not, it extends the NFL. Nobody came close to him in terms of explosive catches this year. He had 34, led the FBS by quite a bit. Right. Um, and so and he took uh, a by the way you see out the distance once and it was like how he turned the corner it's like it's rare it's you like, know, it, Malik, it's Malik neighbors is the first he's not the first but he's the first one that I can really remember or like thinking about this was the, the emergence of seven on seven with these mm, guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. N- neighbors is the one that really stands out as because he wasn't like this big time uh, receiver coming up as like a freshman sophomore it wasn't until he really started playing seven on seven that he emerged as this big time recruit and a guy that we need to watch for him moving forward. He looks like he's playing seven on seven out there with yes. you know his ability to win one on matchups, make a guy miss, uh, go up and get the football. Um, it's really impressive to watch. And he he was actually a big baseball player growing up, and he's talked about this. Love that. Uh, he he played center field. I mean, that's he he that. will oh. uh, he will cite his range and tracking ability as a center yes. fielder as carrying over to the NFL or to the football field and and how he's able to do that uh, at a high level. So no, I I think it's Harrison neighbors for me, and then probably a Dunze three Coleman four. Um, but yeah, I, I came away liking neighbors even more yeah. than I expected. Um, and he was already. I mean, he came into the season as 
wide receiver two for me. So it's not like this is a yeah um, a big jump because he um, it was always kind of up there. But I was even more impressed with what. And now he had a Heisman winning quarterback. Obviously, throwing to him that plays a factor in all this. Uh, but for him to go out there and make plays when the plays are presented to him, I mean, obviously that that counts for a lot. It's I love. Uh, receivers that are outfielders it's like the best thing to translate from a cross sport thing it's like that and maybe basketball it's like how many rebounds did you average three (laughs) oh no oh no eight okay okay now we're talking um but randy moss fantastic outfielder in Mm -hmm. in high school aj brown was a great i think he was a pitcher uh but he was but still played baseball and you can see his ball tracking ability and i think that's a very real skill that translate yeah but i i think neighbors like i said is like I have to give him the nod because he can just do – he can create – you already brought up all the explosive play stuff, and that's what he is. It's mm. – he doesn't need a design to create a touchdown, and I think that is just such a skill now and how well NFL tackles right now, and I, I think that's what – I have something I've been pushing back on where people are going like, oh, they tackled better in, back in the day. It's like, no, they didn't. I No, the, what, what, these guys tackle so much better now. So if you get a guy that can break through and, and yeah. create 30 yards when only 10 were there or six were there, yeah, that's always valuable. So I know. I, I'm fired up to watch this game, fired to watch both of these games. See, we managed to get a half hour. We always do yep. on Prospects to Pros. Uh, but, yes, uh, everybody, I hope you enjoyed your holiday season. I wait, hold on. Enjoyed- wait, I want to oh, yeah. get a pick from you. What, what, what's, Ooh, what, what's okay. two teams are we going to talk about in the national title game? I think it's uh, Bama-Washington. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bama Texas. I'm gonna go a, okay. a rematch of what we saw earlier this year. Uh, chance that. for Bama oh, yeah, to get yeah. get some a neutral revenge. field this time, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah a, a quarterback that's gonna be playing a lot better. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. It's gonna be like interesting. That. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's sorry, Michigan fans. It's just you got Nick Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban. I know Harbaugh's it's a tough. coach, but Saban with that much time, it just it scares just, me. See, seeing that Michigan room, just the oh, oh my, when God. they saw Alabama come up on the screen and on Florida State, like I get it. I don't. I don't blame I, them. Only, but it's like the Saban boogeyman's already in the room the with them. Yeah, crazy. That much time. Oh, I know. We uh, when we played in the Rose Bowl my senior year, we played Oregon. And I remember we were like, we'd rather play some like Bama or LSU in a tougher matchup, quote unquote, than Oregon. Because it's like, there couldn't be a worse matchup for Wisconsin than Oregon yeah. at that. A Chip Kelly, Oregon team at right, that time. We right. hung in there, but yeah, they had a lot of speed. But uh, no, I, that that's my prediction. I'm, I'm fired up. I am uh, get to, get to watch out them always. New Year's, New Year's Day have never been a holiday for me because I've always been working right. in sports yeah. or playing. So I actually get to enjoy it this year. We're having a murder mystery party on New Year's Eve. So it'll be fun. It'll be, uh, it'll be a good time. We yeah. need to talk more about that. Yeah. 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 There's a good website. I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll talk to you after the show. But thank you guys so much for joining us on Prospects Pros. We'll be here every single week. Draft season's almost here. It's almost here. So we'll see you guys for the next couple months. See you guys every single week. See you guys next time. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.